morning. Okay, let's pray for a second. Dear Lord, may your words to us in today's scriptures bear fruit in each of our lives. Amen. So, earlier this year, you may have seen pictures and film clips of the UK's crown jewels. They look pretty imposing, solid and indestructible. The crowns are apparently very heavy to wear, but even crowns like these don't last forever, a topic mentioned in today's reading from 1 Corinthians, kindly brought to us by Alex. You may be surprised to hear that one set of British crown jewels in the 1650s were melted down and made into coins. Today, we return to the first letter which St. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. The other people preaching in this series have probably already mentioned that Corinth was a major city in the Roman Empire. It had a multi-ethnic population of many thousands of free residents and double that bound again of enslaved people. It was a very important transport hub and business hub. In some ways, it was a little bit like Birmingham. The Corinthian church was planted in about AD 50 to 51 by St. Paul, working with Silas and Timothy, as described in Acts chapter 18. Paul stayed in Corinth, setting up the new church for about 18 months before continuing his evangelistic tour of the Middle East. This letter came about because the Corinthians had sent several questions to Paul after he'd left Corinth about the practicalities of Christian life, worship and beliefs. Also, Paul needed to respond to news he'd received that the people in the church were dividing into various cliques. Some of the members were even taking each other to court, doing wrong and cheating each other. The Corinthian congregation was a very mixed bunch of people, ranging from ex-thieves, ex-swindlers, to a person who'd originally been in charge of the local synagogue. Christianity was a new religion and there was a brand new fellowship group. I'm not surprised they were having various troubles, such as meetings becoming disorganized and people getting muddled up on the basics of the gospel message. What really touches me about this letter is the way in which Paul's love for the Corinthians shines through. He knows them well, referring to them as his dear children and himself as their father through the gospel. He patiently and thoroughly answers their questions, explains Christian beliefs, appeals to them to stop quarrelling and warns them against being involved in a variety of wrongdoings. I know the reading was chapter 9, but I'm just going back to chapter 8 quickly. If you look at chapter 8, you'll find that one of the ideas being discussed amongst the Corinthians was that everything is permissible. 
that Christians don't need to follow food rules, which of course nowadays we don't. One section of the Corinthian church felt fine with eating meat which had previously been offered to a non-Christian God. But another section of the church avoided eating which meat which had previously been offered to a non-Christian God because they wanted to be faithful to their new Lord, Jesus Christ. Paul asked the confident meat-eaters to stop doing that, to give up some of their personal power and not eat such meat, because they were hurting the consciences of the non-meat-eaters, the people who were weaker and less confident in their new faith. Moving into the beginning of chapter 9, Paul wants to make clear that he's not ordering the Corinthians around. It's not, do as I say, but not as I do. Instead, Paul explains he is also willing to give up some of his own personal power, give up things which should be his, other apostles assumed that Christians in newly planted churches would provide them and their wives with what they needed to live on. This is a scriptural principle. Paul, though, was a financially self-supporting missionary. As you probably very well know, sometimes self-supporting ministers are called tent makers. Paul was literally a tent maker making and selling tents for profit, alongside his close friends Aquila and Priscilla. So, Paul voluntarily gave up the authority to ask new converts to pay for his living expenses. He didn't ask them for anything because he wanted to offer them the gospel free of charge. Now, we followed Paul's train of thought and reached today's reading finally chapter 9 verse 19 onwards Paul is a free man but in some sense he is like a slave because he works for the good of others not himself and he doesn't receive any payment for his evangelistic work among the Corinthians Paul puts aside what should be his what he's entitled to his power and authority as an apostle, to meet and interact with people in humility. I'm wondering if there are things we feel we should have, that we are entitled to, but as Christians, we might need to let some of those things go. This is part of what Paul mentions in verse 21, Christ's law, bearing one another's burdens, not seeking our own good, but the good of others, doing everything in love. At home, with family, friends and neighbours, at work, suppose we put aside some ideas of what we should have, are entitled to. Consider more what would be good for others, what would bless others. At home, 
with family, friends and neighbours at work. Suppose we put aside some ideas of what we should have, are entitled to, and consider what would be good for others, what would bless them. Paul's train of thought continues in verses 24 to 27. In his ministry, sometimes he sets aside what should be his, his apostolic power and authority over others. However, he consciously uses his power and authority over himself, his Christian life, to be self-disciplined, he uses the picture of athletes who work hard at their training. He's careful to keep his body under control. Paul worked incredibly hard, travelling, preaching and working to support himself, not to mention getting beaten up, shipwrecked and multiple other hardships. Similarly, Paul advises the Corinthian Christians of their need to be self-disciplined, to run in such a way as to get the prize. In those days, the winners of running races were given a crown of leaves, which of course don't last very long. As I mentioned earlier, even gold and silver crowns won't last forever. Instead, Paul writes that we are aiming to get a crown that will last forever. For Christians, there isn't only one prize or crown available, which is good news. <laughs> Heaven with one person would be a bit strange. <laughs> if you look at verse 23, you'll see that Paul speaks of sharing with others in the blessings of the gospel, which are very many, including... God's mercy and forgiveness, reconciliation with him and other people, adoption into his family, power over sin, renewed strength, peace of mind in hard times, comfort, guidance, the kingdom of God, Christ's love and light in a dark world and in heaven, the resurrection of the dead, as we sang just now, and everlasting life. So, in today's passage from Corinthians, Paul says that for all Christians, there are occasions where we need to let go of some of our personal power what we think we should have or are entitled to, and think instead of what is good for others and blesses them. But it's always important for Christians to consciously keep self-discipline and serve, work and live, keeping in mind all the blessings of the gospel that God has given us through Jesus Christ. Amen.